Welcome to Heart Wired. I'm Coach Stace. This podcast is crafted with you in mind, Mom, the one who approaches your child's neurodiversity with an open heart and a willingness to explore yourself in order to effectively help your children. Together, we will shift paradigms and dismantle the limiting societal beliefs that mistakenly view neurodiversity through the narrow lens of deficits. Here, we delve deep into the incredible journey of raising neurodiverse children. Let's start by taking a moment to acknowledge the frustrations and challenges that come hand in hand with parenting, especially when stereotypes and societal expectations attempt to stifle our children's true selves. So grab a cup of tea, find a cozy spot, and let's embark on this introspective journey together. Let's get going with episode three. Why you should think twice before you deny your child when they ask to sleep with you. Growing up, I was the person everyone came to about their kids. I had this innate ability to understand them in a way their parents didn't. Maybe it was how spiritually connected I was to my own childhood trauma, or maybe it was just my ability to put myself in their shoes. Because of this, a child-led approach to parenting came naturally to me as a mom. So as my son grew up, I gave him what he needed at each stage of his development. For me, it wasn't about what books said or what the quote-unquote experts had to say. I was always very confident when it came to kids, whether they were biologically mine or not. So let's chat about the elephant in most rooms. Should you let your child sleep with you? Here are my thoughts. As a young child, my son would look at me with those big brown eyes and ask, Mommy, I sleep with you? Of course I said yes. We would snuggle up together and watch TV before he drifted off to sleep. These are some of the greatest memories I have as a mom, and I wouldn't trade them for anything. Even for naps. Once he was asleep, I would get up and go about my day. Okay, fine. Not all the time. God, I miss those three-hour naps we would take together. Until he turned three, of course, and decided he was too big for naps. In the mornings, he would wake up before me, and I would tell him, Shh, not yet. I'm still sleeping. Stay here and watch cartoons. Mommy needs more sleep. He would say, okay. (laughs) Then a little while later, I'd feel him poking me, asking, Mommy, can we eat breakfast now? I'm hungry, in his little whisper. We were both well-rested, and that's all I cared about. In our society, you're flooded with people telling you that you must sleep-train your children. Otherwise, they're going to be too dependent on you, and you'll never get them out of your bed. What the freak does that even mean? Sleep-train your children. Are they dogs? The statement always felt so weird to me, but again... These are the societal norms I've naturally rebelled against. I'm not down to blindly follow things that don't make any sense to me. This, I feel, is the beauty of neurodivergence that other people often label as being difficult. 
As moms, we have the intuition to know what our children need. We don't need society dictating our mothering ways. This is why my approach to coaching is guiding moms back to their own divine wisdom that has gotten lost in their journey in this lifetime. Much of this disconnection comes from your own childhood. Do you ever contemplate how many times you may have been disregarded growing up? Ever hear the saying, children are meant to be seen, not heard? How confident do you think this would have made you in making your own decisions? All of these opinions of others create this fear that if you let your child sleep with you, that you're going to end up with a 30-year-old that's still sleeping in your bed. Really? Sit and think about that for a moment. Do you really believe this will be the case? Where in your personal life did this thought come from? Where's your data of that actually being a real possibility? That if you allow your child to sleep with you, you're going to end up with an adult that is still sleeping with their mommy. Look, I've heard it all. He's a mama's boy. You're a helicopter mom. He's not going to grow up to be independent. He's never going to sleep in his own room or his own bed. Guess what? My intuition knew that was bullshit. So I just continued to do what I knew my son needed me to do. And I quieted that noise around me. It didn't matter. He was happy and healthy. That's what mattered. Here's something to think about. Your children are physically connected to you through the umbilical cord, energetically intertwined with you as a mother. They feel every emotion you have during pregnancy. When they're born, you are their regulation as you teach them how to regulate themselves. Why should this stop? Just because it's bedtime or they've reached a certain age. Why does society get to dictate? Oh, the child is X years old? Time for them to regulate themselves. What is that even about? We are all individuals and our needs are all going to be different. Just as one child may be totally independent from the womb, another one may need your closeness and reassurance. Both of those things are okay. This is why it's about tapping into your own internal wisdom, taking it back to when your kids were babies and listening to what their energy is telling you. Screw all those external sources, societal norms, the expectations of others. Learn how to not care what those people have to say. Since I've never made my son feel bad about coming into my room, now I have a teenager that doesn't hesitate to come in when he needs me, even if it's waking me up at one in the morning because he's not feeling well or maybe he's having an anxiety attack. We sit up, we talk about it, I'll perform Reiki on him, help him to clear his energy and feel better. Then he'll either fall asleep with me or usually he goes back into his own room and falls asleep when we're done. You know why? Because now he feels comforted and at ease. 
He feels confident in doing this because he knows that mom has his back no matter what. I'm not there to judge, blame, or shame him. I'm just there to help him, to be his comfort when he needs it, guide him when he needs it, or to just shut up and listen when he needs that. Think of it like this. If there is any question at all on how someone will react when you approach them for help, you'll hesitate. Question yourself, which then can create anxiety. Yet, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the person will meet you with compassion, love, and grace, there will be no question of you approaching them. This is what you want for your children and why your intuition is so damn important. What do you make it mean that your child is coming into your room to sleep with you? What stories are you telling yourself when your child isn't sleeping in their own bed, in their own room? Have these thoughts and beliefs been created through what you've read and heard in society throughout your life? Do you ever think about this? Do you ever just really take a moment and sit to think about these things? When your child is coming into your room, they're seeking comfort from you. So if you deny them that comfort, what is the underlying lesson you're teaching them when you turn them away? Think about that. They're seeking comfort for whatever reason. And they hear things like, you're fine, go to bed. Be a good boy, good girl, go sleep in your room. You're a big kid now, time to sleep by yourself. How do you think they might be internalizing that? Then adolescence comes and you're struggling to connect and can't figure out why. Parents come to me and ask, why won't they talk to me? Why won't they come to me when they're struggling, when they're sad, when they need to be comforted? Why are they shutting me out, shutting me down? I always take my questions back to early childhood because now maybe they don't know when it's okay to come to you and when it's not. Remember, there's this misconception that neurodiverse individuals are cold and unaware. It's just not true. If anything, we are hypersensitive and hyper aware. In my experience, we are more energy, whereas neurotypicals are more language. People that feel things so deeply tend to naturally be more quiet. We are silently watching everything around us, taking it all in. So next time your child wants to climb into bed with you, take that as an opportunity to connect with them. Maybe their room isn't conducive to sleep. Maybe they don't feel safe in there. It could just be a moment where they need you. If that's the case, give them your time. If it's their room that needs work, have the conversations and listen. Do your best to help them create an environment that's calming and grounding for them. As we conclude this episode, remember that denying your child when they're seeking comfort can hinder their emotional development while also creating a disconnection between you. Instead of following outside sources to dictate the way you parent, trust your intuition, 
follow a child-led approach and provide the emotional support your children need. By doing so, you're going to foster emotionally intelligent adults and you're going to build a strong foundation of trust and connection that will serve everyone well throughout their lives. If you found today's episode insightful and empowering, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast for upcoming episodes filled with wisdom, guidance, and heartfelt conversations. If you would like to join my membership container, connect with me on Facebook at Stace Muscat. Join me as I continue to navigate the joys and challenges of raising neurodiverse children. Until then, sending you love, light, and endless possibilities on your parenting journey.